Hey everybody, welcome to Hope Radio and the Hope Club Podcast. It's got your choice and the podcast is, you know, it's like available anytime, which is pretty good. Driving to work, driving home, running errands, maybe sitting in the backyard, whatever. And you can get it anywhere podcasts are found. So many uh, places to go to listen to your favorite podcasts and we're on all of them. You know, every once in a while, we need to examine what we're doing with our lives. You agree? Kind of like a little mental tune-up, evaluation. Think about it. Everything important that we have, we have to tune it up. We have to review it. You have to have your car checked every year. We even have inspections, right? Um, maybe some appliances need to be checked every year. I know some ladies have their diamond rings serviced every year. Make sure they're in good shape. They don't fall apart. So how much more for our own lives? So maybe we want to try to answer the question today. What are we doing with our lives? And maybe the key word, doing. What are we doing with our lives. The Bible talks about putting on the new man. The new man? What's that? Well, that's that new creation God made you to be at the moment of salvation. He made you a new person, a new individual. But here's the key. If God made you a new creation, we have to choose to walk in that, okay? It's like if I gave you a new car, you have to choose to drive it. God made you a new creation, but you have to put on the new man, as Paul said, and live in that, and we need to live in it every day. See, the thing about the Christian life, it's not like, you know, what they say these days when something is trending. (laughs) That means it's, you know, it's popular today, but it won't be tomorrow. It's trending. Well, the Christian walk is not trending. The Christian walk is lifestyle. And lifestyle doesn't mean, you know, once in a while. Lifestyle actually means continuously. It does mean every day. So I wonder how many believers think about that. How many people that consider themselves followers of Christ think about the everyday routine of living. You think many? You think of all the believers that there are, that most of them really are kind of like aware of their moment-by-moment, day-by-day existence as a follower of Christ? I don't know, because I don't know them all. But you put on the new man. We have a new life in Christ at the moment of salvation. God has given us a new will, his will, not our will. So a lot of things change at the moment of salvation. And the best thing we can do is discover what are those changes and how can I live in those changes to the best of my ability? How can I have a closer walk with Christ? That's really the key, having a closer walk with Christ. 
Okay? Now, you know, we're living in a time right now, I'll tell you what, that closer walk is vital. Because sin, immorality, corporate greed, governmental overreach, abortion, homosexuality, pedophilia, they're all on the rise. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, they're all on the rise. I heard on the news recently, over 200 Democrats voted against a bill. They voted against this bill that provides life-saving measures for a baby that survived an abortion. Think of that. A baby, they tried to abort the baby, the baby survived and was born alive. And there's a bill that says you're going to save that baby's life. 200 Democrats voted against that bill. No, you got to let it die. Leave it alone and let it die. Man, I'll tell you what, what is happening to mankind? Mankind is just, I'll tell you what's happened, walked away from God. That's the result of walking away from God. Children are being indoctrinated into in public schools instead of educated. <clears throat> Teachers and school boards, and you know all this, and I don't want to hop on it, but they cause children to question their gender. Are you really a boy? Are you really a girl? Well, don't tell your parents, but we think you might be a boy, even though you look like a girl. <clears throat> so the point is this. Satan is at work. Would you agree that the devil is at work and he's attacking humanity? Satan has always attacked humanity. I've got a book coming out called The Story of Us, and it goes from the Garden of Eden, actually it goes from before that, the creation of man, all the way to the defeat of Satan and the victory of Christ. And it highlights the major events in between. It's called The Story of Us. And it's about the satanic warfare of Satan, here it comes, against mankind. Yes, the devil's against God, but he's also against mankind. I heard a preacher say recently that the devil doesn't bother with people. He's got bigger things to do. I'm like, no, no, we're his target. Are you kidding? People are the target of Satan. And that's why I walk with Christ. It needs to be as real and as committed as it can be. So the body of Christ needs to be hard at work too. That's why I want to talk about how to be a serious Christ follower. And I like the phrase Christ follower more than Christian. Because a lot of people call themselves Christian, and maybe they are, but they're not really following Christ. When you follow Christ, you actually live out the Christian way of life. Okay? And I, I hope and believe that you would want to be serious about your faith. That you, that you take your faith seriously and it's very important to you. It becomes your identity. Okay? So this leads me back to that question again. What should I do with my life? Or what if I asked it another way? What is my identity? What identifies me as an individual? Can I challenge you to take up the identity of Christ? Isn't that we why we 
go to church and listen to Christian radio and watch Christian TV and listen to Christian music? Don't we want to identify with Christ, which means to kind of like be like him the best we can? And what does it take? It takes the word of God to challenge us, to stretch us, to help crucify the flesh, because that's what's going to happen. In order for the spirit to come alive, the flesh has to be crucified. And that doesn't always come easy. You know, I really believe the Christian way of life. It's not the easiest way to go through life. It's the most fulfilling and the most rewarding, but it's not the easiest. Oh, no. And I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures to show you that. Think about it. When you want to pull down the weeds out of your garden, you got to get down on your knees. You can't do it from an easy chair. You got to get down in the dirt and pull weeds. I was pulling weeds the other day. All this hot weather we've had, weeds thrive in the hot weather when there's no water. And man, my body felt like I played two games of football against the New England Patriots. I was like, ugh, I am in pain (laughs) from getting down in the dirt. That's why. So, you know, we often ask people, hey, what do you do for a living? I do that too. You know what a better question is? What identifies you? What depicts your character? We never ask, what kind of a person are you? Are you kind? Are you caring? Are you generous? Are you gentle? Are you mean? Do you have a temper? We don't ask those questions. We ask what they do to earn money. But I want to ask you, how are you known by others? When your name comes to the mind of people, what what do you think they think of? Hopefully, here is somebody that's serious about Christ. That your true identity would be that you are a Christ follower. And that rings true when, when other people think of you. Oh, that person right there? They're serious about their Christian faith. See, what we do, what we do for a living, it's never guaranteed. Oh, people lose their jobs every day. Companies close down every day. Companies move out of the country every day. There's nothing. People are being replaced by automation every day. There's nothing guaranteed about your job. Nothing at all. One guy told his friend, he said, you know, I lost my job because of illness and fatigue. His friend said, oh, that's too bad. He said, yeah, my boss got sick and tired of me. (laughs) So for whatever reason, work is not guaranteed. This is why our life beyond a vocation is so important. We are all on a life journey. And we can have some guarantees when we stick with Christ. We're all traveling somewhere. And you know what that means? There's a destination. We're all traveling toward a destination. And there are only two roads that lead to two different destinations. Jesus told us that. We could call this life at the crossroads. We've, we're, we're there every day, aren't we? Every day we have crossroads. And we have to choose, oh, which way will I go? East or west? North or south? Which way should I go? Well, Jesus simplifies it for us. And he said in Matthew seven thirteen, Enter through the narrow gate. What is a gate? A gate is that which leads to a path. And what is a path? A path is that which leads to the destination. 
Okay? So, enter through the narrow gate. For the gate is wide, and the way is broad, that leads to, here's one destination, destruction. And there are many who enter through it. We're going to see that that wide and broad gate. Oh, that's the easy one. And most people go that way because it's so easy. And at the end of the road is ruin and destruction. That's what's at the end. That's why when people hunt and fish, they know how to use the right bait. That bait looks so appealing to the fish, right? And he grabs the bait and then he's hooked. Sometimes that bear, a wolf, wild animal in the forest, the trap is baited and they see that bait and they go for the bait and they're trapped and they suffer. I hope those traps are outlawed and they suffer and they die. And little mouse traps, you probably tried to catch a mouse in your house. Put some cheese on the mouse trap. Some say peanut butter, I don't know. And that mouse sees it. And he sticks his head to eat it. Whoop! Trapped like a rat. Literally. Why? Because it looks so appealing. But it leads to destruction. And then Jesus said this. There's another gate. Oh, but this one is small. And the way, the path that it's on, it's narrow. Oh, yeah. It's very tight. But you know what? It leads to life. How many people go that way, Jesus? Just a few. Just a few. What? Yeah. Few there be who find it. Wow. What does that say about us? That most people want to go their way, the easy way, the popular way, and yet that way leads to ruin. But the difficult way, the tight way, the way that only a few go, that's the one that leads to life. Another man gives this translation. How narrow is the gate and how hard the way which leads to life. And what makes it so hard? It's a narrow way that's compressed by pressure. That's why I said the Christian life, it's not that easy. No, it isn't. Because what does it take? Discipline, diligence, commitment, faithfulness, knowledge of Christ and his word. It takes a lot. Just like anybody that succeeds, they're not going to take the easy way. An athlete that succeeds can't take the easy way. They have to train. They have to be disciplined. They have to have proper nourishment. Any person that succeeds in the medical field has to be trained. They have to burn the midnight oil and learn to learn about sickness and disease and medicine. You don't want, you don't want to go to a professional that doesn't know their craft. And how much more should the Christian know their craft, so to speak? So Jesus is saying, listen, there's a main road. Oh, and on this road, there are buildings and lights and pleasures that many easily take. That's the one that leads 
to destruction of themselves and those they love. It always affects other people, for they chose the wrong way, and all will perish. All will perish. Think of your life, think of your life journey as a football field, right? Now you've watched some football games, I'm sure. And let's say the ball is kicked off and the receiver catches it. He might catch it on the one yard line. So he's on the one yard line. Then he runs. He hits the 20. Some guys are really fast. They get to the 40, the 50, the 40, the 30, the 20, the 10. They run it all the way back a hundred yards. But most people don't do that. So think of your life as running the football field. And there are different stages along the way, right? There are some stages where, okay, you get saved. That's good. You're at like the five-yard line. Then you went a few a little further and you joined the church. Oh, now you're at the 20-yard line. Well, then you begin to grow in Christ. Oh, you're at the 25-yard line. And maybe you start serving a little bit. And now you're at the 50-yard line, okay? But what if you stop there? What if that's the end of it? Well, the, the points are at the 100-yard line. You have to go to the whole field. Where are most people today? I think they're stuck between the 25 and the 50. Because they, they've come to a point where, yes, okay, they get to church when they can. They have a knowledge of God. And they might be a greeter or they might, you know, be, uh, and we need greeters. Oh, we love our greeters. Let me tell you. They're, they're very important people in the church because they're the first impressions, right? You need happy greeters. But they don't go beyond into the level of being sold out for Christ. And they never get to the other end of the field. And what is it that stops people from being sold out to Christ? I'm going to name some things, and you're probably going to react against them. That's okay. Kids can stop it. Grandkids certainly can stop it. Your job can stop it. Your spouse can stop it. Your hobby can stop it. There are many things that can get in the way of being totally committed to Christ. So we have to make a choice sometimes. What will I choose to be my number one priority in life? Kids, grandkids, job, hobby, spouse, or will I really choose Christ? And if you don't make the choice, someone else will. Now, there's nothing evil about any of those things. But here's the wisdom of God. God says, if you choose me, you'll be better with all of those other things. That if you love me more and put me first, you'll have a better relationship with your kids, with your grandkids. You'll have a better work ethic on your job. You'll have a better relationship with your spouse. You can enjoy your hobby, but Christ is at the center. That's the key right there. That's the key. Putting Christ first. Even Jesus said, you know what? You got to hate your mother, father, sister, brother if you're going to love me. And he doesn't mean to hate them. What he's saying is, love me first. Love them through me. 
but make me first. Because he knows. He knows the life-changing power of having a relationship with him. That's the key here. It's a life-changing power. Something happens when you walk with Christ. And whatever happens, it's for the better. That's why we have to choose which road are we going to follow. Because if you don't put yourself on the wrong road, somebody is going to put you on the wrong road. Jesus told a very short story, a parable, regarding what we're speaking about today. He said it in Matthew chapter 13 and verse 44. He said, The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found it. Oh, he found the treasure. But he hid the treasure back in the hole. And you know what he did? From joy over that treasure, he goes and he sells all that he has, and he buys the field. See, he couldn't keep the treasure because that would be stealing because it wasn't on his land. He had to buy the land, and now he could go get the treasure. Now, what is treasure? Something very valuable. And this treasure was so valuable to him, he gave up everything he had to get it. That's what Jesus said. He sells all that he has, everything, his car, his house, Not his dog, I hope, but who knows? I don't know. His golf clubs. Oh, no, yes. (laughs) He sells it all because he wants that field. You know why? Because that treasure is more important than anything else that he has. He'd rather give up everything he's got in order to have that treasure. Wow. So look at that list again, the things that we have in life. Look at all the things that occupy our lives. Are we willing to put Christ ahead of those things? If you do, like I said, your relationship with those things will be better. So that's the point. Learning to put Christ first. That's the new man. The new man puts Christ first. That's the one and only one that impacts everything else about your life. Your relationship with your grandkids will not impact your whole life. Nor your job, nor your spouse, nor your hobby, nothing. But your relationship with Christ will impact everything about your life. Yes, your kids, your grandkids, your spouse, your job, your hobby, and everything else. That's the impacting power of a relationship with Christ. And not only that, it makes a big difference in the world. Oh, yes, it does. Imagine if all believers were very serious about their faith. What an impact it would have on the world. We look at all the immoral people, all the liberal people. They're very serious about their beliefs, and they're impacting the world for the negative. Imagine if Christians were that serious and impacted the world for the positive. So where do you want to be on the football field? You got to get to the goal line. You got to get to the place where nothing else matters but the touchdown. That's what I need. That's where the points are. The points are at the touchdown. In Mark 10, 29, Jesus said, Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left 
house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake and for the gospel's, but that he will receive a hundred times as much now in the present age, not in heaven. Now he'll receive houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and farms along with, oh yeah, persecution because we're living in a crazy world. And in the age to come, eternal life. So Jesus is saying, listen, whatever you give to me, I'm giving it back to you many times over as a reward for putting me first. That's it. So ask yourself, what are my talents? What are my gifts? What am I good at? What drives me? What do I want to see done in my life? These are good questions. And we have to answer those questions. But again, this could be the beginning of a brand new season for you. This could be a brand new way to face life by putting Christ first above everything. And I would love nothing more than for everybody that listens to these programs to say, you know what? It's time. I'm going to get serious with God. Put Him first. And watch that have a positive effect on everything else that's going on in my life. Because the world is deteriorating day by day. So it's time to really make our lives count. Do something with our lives and put them in the hands of Jesus Christ. Become a Christ follower, not just a Christian. Become a Christ follower. And you will be amazed at what God will do with you and also through you. Wow. You know what that takes? A little bit of faith. That's all. Little bit of faith. How much faith do you have? Do you trust God with your life? You trusted Him with your eternal soul. Can you trust Him with your day to day life? That's what we're talking about today. So we take the Word of God, right? And we see how it helps us. Now we're going to take it and spread it around the world. And we do that by joining the Hope Club. When you go to newhoperadio.live, click the menu bar, it's all there. Everything you need to know about the Hope Club, what you give and what you get. And you're spreading the good news of Christ, messages like this. If they help you, and I hope they do, they can help other people too. And they're listening to the podcast. So let's get out there and make God's word known so they too can find themselves on that road that leads to life.